0: Good morning, Bucknutters. It is Thursday, May second, two 2019. I am Dan Rubin. This is the Bucknuts Morning 5 and Change, coming to you from an overcast gem city. Who else could it be on Thursdays? And 24-7 Sports Director of Recruiting, Steve Wilfong. How goes it, Steve?
1: It's going very
0: well, Daniel. Um, It is opening day
1: for my four-year-old son's t-ball league, so there's a lot (sighs) of excitement around the Wilfong house. We're hoping Mother Nature does not drop these uh, thunderstorms on us this evening. Forty to fifty percent chance at this point. So
0: we're 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 hoping for some sunshine, which we have right now. Breaking the news of bad weather to a four-year-old for a first G-Ball game probably won't be an enjoyable experience. You may want to pre pre up on lollipops or ice cream just to kind of there it you may go. Maybe a happy meal in his life tonight. There might be one in mine mine too. That'd be great. We're going to go a little general here today. There's, sure, there's a lot of recruiting news out there that you've got wrapped up on the site. As always, anyone who wants to know what's going on can check 24-7 sports. Steve has his recruiting blog there going 24-7, ironically or not at all. And then we've got the Bill Kerlick, Bill Green extravaganza on our site. So you should be completely informed and up to date as of now. This is going to be a theory I want to test out on Mr. Wilt Fong and see what he thinks of it. And, of course, it is a pro-Ohio State theory. When you and I have discussed uh, the transition from Urban Meyer to Ryan Day behind closed doors, one of the things we discussed was as good as Ryan Day could be recruiting, there's really no way for him to pick up where Urban left off in terms of, you know, Urban was really one of the two rock star recruiting coaches that were out there. Maybe two and a half. I would say now it's two with Dabo and saving, but there's no way, we agree, there's no way for Day to make that up in such a short period of time, which is nothing against him. This I will say, though, and I don't know if this was the intention of the staff, and if it was, it was brilliant. Given the reliance of the game as we're going forward is even more and more on quarterback and scheme, Ryan Day, since he has arrived in Columbus, which has not been that long, he recruited Matthew Baldwin. Jack Miller, Justin Fields, Gunnar Hoke, excuse me, and Kyle McCord. He also developed Dwayne Haskins into the first Big Ten quarterback since 1995 to be selected in the first round of the NFL draft. So he's gotten recruits, transfers. Transfers who thought that they we're going to play here day one. Transfers who came here and were probably overqualified to be the backup. He's the, first co- he's the first coach to grab a quarterback out of the class of 2021. So what I'm saying is this. Has Ohio State succeeded in almost a Lincoln-Riley-like fashion transition right here, and do they have the new quarterback whisperer in Ryan Day, meaning no matter what happens, and as we've all talked about how the recruiting landscape for quarterbacks and everybody has changed, that Ohio State really hit the mark because they are always going to have a good quarterback with Ryan Day in the mix. Well, when
1: Lincoln-Riley replaced Bob Stoops when, when Coach Stoops retired, Um, I was told he spent the first 48 hours on the phone recruiting his first two days on the job were dedicated towards recruiting. And I think in a similar fashion, coach day has put himself out there in, in building relationships with Ohio state's top targets and being personable and being available and, and connecting with them and doing, doing a nice job. And then obviously the resume you speak of is the reason why he's the head coach at Ohio State and, and why there wasn't a search for the job and why uh, one of the more premier jobs in college football, um, Ohio State didn't even put it out there. They thought in-house that they had the guy. And, and so um, we'll see if Ryan Day can duplicate Lincoln Riley's success on the field in taking a team to the playoffs back-to-back years and really playing pretty well, um, minus the first quarter against Bama, uh, in, in both of those games. Winning Georgia. Um, so we'll, we'll see there, but, uh, from a recruiting standpoint, Ohio state's in the top 10, this cycle, um, number six right now, number one in the big 10. And they're, uh, Two commits in 2021, they they landed Jack Sawyer, who may be the best prospect in that cycle. He's number two in the 24/7 Sports uh, player rankings, and, and then they go out and uh, land Kyle McCord. Um, in, in 2021, it's every, everyone. Everyone, it's easy to see uh, how well he's doing right now. We'll see what he does
0: this fall. Specifically, as it pertains to quarterbacks do you get the sense that Ohio State's profile has even increased with Day in there as opposed to Meyer? Because it does seem like every quarterback they've gone after, they've really put their chips in for that's willing to commit, they've pretty much gotten. Yeah, but I, I think that Urban Meyer didn't struggle
1: to recruit. I mean, Urban Meyer recruited Dwayne Haskins. I, I don't think sure it is. The, cal- the caliber of player that Ohio State is getting, I, I don't – Ohio State had top five classes annually under Irvin Meyer, so um, I don't think that you're, it's impossible to see a boost in that um, um, with the new with the new staff. And then honestly, it's getting tougher to recruit um, for Ohio State right now with the way that some of these schools in the SEC are recruiting.
0: Yeah, I mean, there's always going to be a challenge there. I guess my point is. The reliance on the quarterback, both in the college and pro game, has gotten even more significant. And when you know you're always going to have an elite quarterback, and multiple ones, and you know you can replace them, um, they've lost several good quarterbacks along the way here, be it a commitment or a guy who's even been here for a year or two, and they have just seemed to be able to replace him with someone as good or better at all times. I just think transition-wise, I don't know how much they use the Lincoln-Riley template. You know, Baker Mayfield did not start at Oklahoma. Kyler Murray did not start at Oklahoma. Jalen Hurts did not start at Oklahoma. And to me, it seems like uh, these two young, wonder-kind quarterback coaches being Day and Riley, or David Cutcliffe wasn't hired by anybody. That's a separate joke from their time. I just think they're going to make give them a huge advantage going forward especially when the backup quarterback scene is about, you know, is more hectic now than it's ever been with transfers and such. All right, speaking of that, you covered Governor Hoke when he was coming out of Dublin-Causland. You covered his recruitment to Kentucky. We have people saying now that Ohio State may actually have benefited by trading out Baldwin for Hoke. From what you know about Hoke through your recruitment and knowledge of Kentucky, how would you address that?
1: Well, I thought Gunnar Hook was ultimately going to end up being the guy and the starter at Kentucky and it didn't work out and the Wildcats went and got a Juco and Terry Wilson who, um, had some ups and downs last year, but, uh, helped Kentucky win 10 games. And it's a guy that Coach Stoops and company are all in on there and, and, uh, feel good about Terry's future. And, and Gunner, it's a chance to come back to, um, the Columbus areas from, dublin Kaufman, right there nestled in the beautiful suburb uh around the the city and so he gets to come home and, and probably put on the jersey of the the school he wanted to play for his entire life and so he he's certainly going to bring some knowledge into that room and, and a veteran mindset and, and a guy that has played um and, and then played in the sec and sat in meeting rooms preparing for some of the best defenses in the country. It's a nice pickup. Uh, You normally don't see guys transfer to BQB2. and and, uh, So Gunnar, he's coming in with the mindset of exactly what he is. And and you you just don't see that in, in college, where in the NFL, there always seems to be the backup quarterback behind the great starter that's in his ear in between drives. The the starter respects respects the backup, and and the backup provides great insight um, in addition to, to the coaches. And they have that report. Maybe this is a, a situation where Ohio State can have that with Gunner being older than than Justin and and being more experienced, but maybe just not being as talented. Um, but can help help Justin as
0: well, along with obviously Coach Yarishchen and, and Coach Day. I think you brought up a great point there. The day of the veteran you know, clipboard holder in college may be gone. We may see not even see that position develop now. And, and you're right. I don't think they could have any chance to attract Hope unless it was a homecoming of sorts and the situation was as it was. So they overachieved there, which is excellent. Obviously having Ryan Day in there to touch on our earlier point didn't hurt. Definitely a score. Bill Green, if, if anyone really wants to be convinced, listen to Monday's BM5 and listen to Bill Green talk about Gunnar Hope versus Matthew Baldwin, that really kind of solidified it for me. All right, last thing we're going to finish with here, a little more big picture stuff. And this is just your vibe from being out there on the trail. It's long been thought that Ohio State's chief recruiting rival was Michigan. I think there's something that could be Penn State now. Um, When I say chief recruiting rival, I mean when it comes right down to it, this is the team they end up battling for more than other schools. Um, I actually think for me it's Clemson or Georgia, but I had someone tell me the other day they thought it was Penn State. Steve Wolfong, director of recruiting for 24-7 national side. Who was Ohio State's chief rival on the recruiting trail? The
1: school that Ohio State is having the most head-to-head recruiting battles with right now is Penn State. So I think that's their chief recruiting rival. They're in the same conference. I like the trajectory of Penn State's roster. I think that Ohio State's still the – the Big Ten power, but Penn State's the the team with the roster that has a chance to compete with them year in and year out, Um, and and that's the one that we're seeing them go toe-to-toe with more on the trail, Um, not as much with Michigan for whatever reason, Uh, but like you said, I agree, there's been some slobber knockers for some blue chippers. Uh, with Clemson and, and Georgia, and those are schools that are leaving their footprint and recruiting more nationally. Also, uh, the SEC schools used to really only stay in their territory, where Ohio State had more of a national, um, more of a national outlook on recruiting. But now the Alabama, Georgia, and, and LSU's of the world, uh, as I referenced earlier in the show, the way they're recruiting, those schools are are recruiting. Uh, Coast-to-coast now also, instead of staying in their footprint, and
0: and Clemson
1: is really hitting the DMV hard as well. So I see your point, but I think that they're going toe-to-toe with Penn State more than anybody.
0: Just look at the topics in the draft, schools they came from, Oklahoma, Ohio State, Alabama, and Clemson. I don't think that's a coincidence. I think it's great that Ohio State is in the mix there, even better. Michigan is not their chief recruiting rival anymore, and that's a shame for them. We appreciate Steve stopping by. Have a good one, Buck Matters. Take care, guys. See you on the front row.